This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, and he'd never lie to you about having a dead brother just to make a quick buck, Ryan Nelson. Funny you bring that up, Justin. First rule of a heist, never trust the wild card. Never no trust the wild card. No matter how much he tries to pull you in, never trust him. You broke my heart, Cousin Richie. <laughs> you broke my heart. Well, I mean, we kind of expected him to, I guess, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, yeah. kind of going into this. That was the one thing we kind of predicted right. I was like, <laughs> yeah. The only thing I got wrong on him, I was like, I thought he was going to have a spectacular death. No, he, he got really out like punk. Because, <laughs> because, like, he had to. That was yeah. the, that, that was one of my talking points. I was like, Andor did the right thing. Kill him now. Yeah, just kill him the moment. Don't don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just go no. ahead and kill him is the moment you have a chance. Exactly. So. Yep. All right. Uh, so if you've been th- listening to the podcast as we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the sixth episode of Andor titled um, The Eye on Disney+. Plus. If you are new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Uh, go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you can't be a patron you can help the show out by rating us on spotify and apple Podcasts. we've been getting left ratings here recently on spotify for it actually show an actual rating so we appreciate you Woo-hoo. guys we appreciate all those of you who have gone on and uh, left us uh, our five star rating because we have a five star rating still going over there we appreciate it uh, but if you can't, like I said, if you can't be a patron, leave us a five-star rating. And if you have time, write us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review while you're there, we'll read it on air next time we record. All right. So we are discussing the sixth episode of Andor. It is called The Eye because of the eye, the, the celestial event called The Eye that it takes place in here during the heist. Real quick, before we get into specifics, as we always do, what were your general thoughts on this episode? Well, my my first thought was, how long do we get a House of the Dragon episode called The Eye? I know, because we had an eye, we had an episode, that, that really confused me, like, when I was reading the, the intro yeah. a second ago, I was like, wait a minute, well, I do have the right show here, right? Yes, I do, I do have the right show. Yeah. So. No, but uh, my, my overall thoughts was, the heist lived up to the hype and more. Incredible episode, start to finish maybe the best visual effects we've seen by disney oh yeah i mean the eye right and when they do the escape uh, incredible man. yeah the lights. yeah and then um like i said the heist just lived up to it man it was well done mm-hmm. we kind of had a few guesses right about who might die we did and uh you know, it was just like you were on the the, the edge of your seat because you really don't know. You, you had a feeling who was on down, yeah, but even did. then, it was exactly what you thought. And uh, man, they pulled it off. Yeah, they, they did really it. Do. Yeah, one of the things that you know they they do because one of the things that we were kind of talking about throughout the course of this uh, ever since we started covering the show, and when we. St- talked last week about episodes four and five you know what to expect when we actually get this heist what's it going to be like we were focused completely on the heist aspect of it i was not really expecting anything i I wasn't even focused on this 
the event called the eye and when it shows up it's like oh, yeah. whoa this is incredible right I, like i said I, that just com- caught me completely off guard so i mean they're living up to the hype with with the heist but they're just completely wowing us with just the grandeur that they are pulling off with this event called the eye like i said being they start talking quite a bit about it and because what i did is i went back i, I watched this episode on wednesday night and then earlier this this afternoon, I went back and watched all three because they, they, that is the complete arc. And okay, uh, yeah. so I wanted to kind of make see how did it all work together, how did it all blend together? Because I think that was really really important when you look at this episode. Is what's how how do they complete this this three episode arc? And it really starts to to shine and you really start to understand everything else that happens when you see the whole thing together uh it's it like i said it yeah it, you because we really saw that when we saw the first three when they released the first three all at one time but they really start talking about the eye here they start talking a little bit about it in the second episode of the well i guess that technically episode five they start talking about it a little bit there but they really start talking about it quite a bit like there's a, a few of the soldiers who are talking about you know uh we've been here for so while for so long because they're getting ready to get reassigned or something um what's the yeah. lieutenant is it gorn yeah gorn gorn, gorn is, yeah, yeah gorn. he's getting ready to like move people around or something not exactly sure what he was doing but he, like you know we 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 really think as many people need to be able to, to have the time to go see this because this is what you know if you're going to be stuck on this planet this is what you want to get stuck for and it's like the only redeeming thing about being on this planet to serve for the empire and so like i said they start to they start to talk about it and you hear the common not telling i guess it's superior i'm not really sure who it was uh he's telling him about it and like i said when they actually start showing it, it's like oh wow that's just absolutely incredible yeah. yeah and you know you you brought up watch i watched this episode again this morning and it was so much better the second time it is man this is one that, that you could listen to multiple times I'm, I'm sorry you can listen you could go back and watch multiple times because you just don't know uh you know what's going to happen and I, I, I'm just impressed, man. Tony Gilroy, man. He knows what he's doing. Also, I didn't realize how much the Donnies. Yes. I, I think, weren't they the Donnies? How, how much they were involved and how much their story was like the Native Americans in, in the United right, States. Right, yeah. It, that, I, I'm sure that is that was done purposely. <laughs> I feel very, very yeah. confident about that. I mean, uh, I mean, the way even the Commandant was talking about them when he was talking to that colonel or whoever it was that was there, mm-hmm. you know, he's telling them, you know, it's easy to uh, like discourage these people, you know, to and the ones that actually do decide to show up, you know, they're on this journey, they're on this 10 day, it's a 10 day walk to get there. And when they set up all these little outposts of they have the, you know, their, their drinks that are native to them and just all these things to kind of distract yeah. them. And by the time they actually get there, there's only like 60 of them and it started off at like 500 and, and, it, right. and it's dwindled every single time that this thing has ever happened. You know, it started off, they were talking about how, at one time, like fifteen thousand people would show up for this, and now it's yeah, it's dwindled all the way down to just like these sixty people that are still coming. So it's right, it, right. they do a lot of really good things with it. Yeah, and let's just throw it out there: that commandant, that guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, he really did. He, God, he, what a horrible human. Yeah, I tell me, but that's one of the great. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things I liked about this episode. I mean, they are showing. You know, he is like the visual representation of. Of yes. what the empire has become, yes. because I mean, they're talking about. You go back to episode three when Andor was talking to Luthen, and he's talking about you know they've gotten so fat and lazy, and they and yes, and, and he couldn't put his belt. He on. couldn't put his belt on. I mean, and she, yeah. his wife says, maybe it's you that has expanded.
handed. I mean, yeah. that's what is, like I said, Tony Gilroy, his storytelling ability is just absolutely remarkable. And yeah. that's and, one of the things about that. And the arrogance and the zero concern for these poor people that right, they're exactly. taking advantage of. And they're like, uh, you know, you should just, you could just see it in Gorham's face when he was going on and on. He was like, I can't, Gorham was, had to be thinking, I can't wait to see you dead. Exactly. I just, mm-hmm. You know, especially when he's talking about like, you know, oh, will you, they'll think, that, you know, they're here for good. And then next thing you know, they're building, you know, all of our stuff and right, they, exactly. they have no choice. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, you sick son of, I mean, but perfectly acted. I, I, I didn't write that guy's not. I didn't down. I, I won't try. He was really, really good. Yeah, he was yeah. good. I mean, this entire episode is just, it's just incredibly well done from the moment mm-hmm. that they start to the moment that it ends. And what's great about this episode, I mean, this is casting, this is casting indoor show. This is Diego Luna's. I mean, it's his vehicle. Yeah. There is no question about that. Yeah. But this episode, more so than any of the previous episodes, it relies very heavily on everybody to do their part. Right. I mean, there's yeah, just, just like a heist. Yeah, it really, I mean, it really does. I mean, there's yeah. no, cause we, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we start getting into the weekly awards. I was trying to, it was a really difficult thing to think about the, the Tyrion Lannister. Cause I was like, I know who is this? Like, I don't really know. I mean, so like, so we'll talk more about that when we get to it, but I just, like I said, it's just so incredibly well done from that regard because you, they rely so much on everybody hitting their marks, hitting their beats, right. and it, it just pulls it off just so incredibly well. I mean, and what I was talking about a second ago is I wanted to watch it from the start to the beginning of the three episode arc, and they are paying off everything they've done in this. So let's talk about Arvel's scheme, for example. Yeah, uh, he's played by uh, Eben Moss Backrack. Is Moss. that a, yeah. yeah? Okay, let's make sure I had his name correct. You know, we talked a lot about him when we talked about the bear. We talked about him a lot last week because of the fact that he shows up again in this and he was in the bear as well. But one of the things that they do so well from him is they are, he is desperate to try to make the rest of the people think that he is as bought in and sold into this cause as much as they are. And it starts the moment he shows up on screen because the first moment we see him is in episode four was when he puts that blaster to uh what's his name mimic uh yeah Yeah. when he puts the blaster up to nimic's to nimic's face when he's asleep and he starts name dropping like saw guerrero and and these people and he's like say see hey see see i'm committed i'm committed so he's desperately trying to convince them that he's committed that way they won't be well they won't see it at all when he double when he double crosses them i mean even val she's like when he's when Cassian tells her, I killed him because he was going to steal all the money. She's like, he would never ever do that. Yeah, he would. Right. <laughs> and he did it up to the last minute because mm-hmm. he calls out Val for Nimick getting hurt. Like you probably don't even care. We need to get this man to a doctor. Well, you think he's trying to help poor Nimick, and maybe there is a part of him, but really he's trying to get them to stop and so that so he, he can, can get the money. the money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like uh, also, and this this is going to be very helpful for Evan Moss Bacharach's career, because when when the actual high starts happening, you could tell everyone's nervous, oh, and yeah. you see him step, step, you know, really stand up and like, hey, we're not here to kill you. If you just start helping us, we can get this done, and we'll all get out of here safely. Right. And you could just see how much he was leading things because mm. he was like. 
I want this money. I'm getting out of here alive. Yeah, uh, exactly. Know, I don't know about the, you know, like, like uh, Tamron kind of, uh, I wouldn't say he froze up, but he, he was a little bit more nervous. So you yeah, can tell like, like scheme was like, all right, I got to take over. Cause we got to get out of here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was one of the, that, that was something I noticed as well is just the way that he was, he had, he was doing his best to make sure that this thing gets pulled off probably more so than anybody else. Um, yeah. Like I said, and like in episode five, when he is going through and he is doing his best to to cast all of the doubt and all the shadow on onto Cassian. And like I said, we just I just thought based off of what we talked about last week, this was because you know he was truly nervous about this guy. It, it was yeah. you know he was nervous about it. He was possibly nervous about pulling this thing off. No, he just wanted to have somebody else fo- as the focus, and that way, right. you know, if uh, any, if anybody's going to be mad, if anybody's going to be upset, it's like he was like gifted a golden opportunity when when they brought this guy into into camp because now any possibility of him being labeled as a possible thief, a possible traitor, that's going yeah. to be gone because nobody's going to be focused on him. They're all going to be focused completely on Cassian, and he's doing his best to make sure that it stays on Cassian. Like I said, right. his performance in this is just, from episode four to episode six, is just absolutely phenomenal. It was just really, really good. Yeah, and you know he was relieved Cassian was there because he's like, okay, we might actually live. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, that was kind of the way that when they're having that conversation, you know, he, he said that, you know, I pegged you from the moment you got here, that the, he and that he and Cassian were one of one in the same. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, that was – so he, he knew that their odds of getting out of this thing were – remarkably higher look i don't know if he really truly knew he was just in it for the money i don't know if he realized he was a mercenary i don't know about that but i'm sure once he found that out that made him think okay well i can talk this guy into us taking off with the with the plane or the ship or whatever you call that stupid thing like i said that i really feel like that's when he truly was like okay well i my plan is even it's in even better shape than it was to start with so he was thinking I'm good here. I, I, we're go, we're going to be fine. Right. Look, I don't know if everybody else is going to make it out here, but I know me and he are going to make it because I want to make sure yeah. that he and I make it out. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's just they they pay off so much of this from from start to finish. Uh, you know, I love the fact that for the most part, this heist goes according to plan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some issues, obviously. I mean, the the comms, the comms them intercepting their communications. That, that was obviously something they didn't anticipate. But I mean, you have to figure when you're doing this, nothing is going to go absolutely perfectly. But yeah. when you're, they say at the beginning in episode four, they've been do, they've been planning and plotting this thing for five months. So if that's the case, if you have been doing this for five months, it makes sense that most of this will go off relatively well. I mean, there were some hiccups, right. but it wasn't anything yeah, I was major. Did they not realize how heavy the the, the payroll was? Because they dropped it several times. Like it right. was much heavier, and you could tell that it was much heavier than they thought it was. They thought be. it was going to be. Yeah, I, I think that's. I, yeah. I don't think they quite anticipated that, and that's probably one of the reasons why it was so important for them to understand. Like in episode five, when they're grilling Cassian about uh, that ship they're getting ready to pilot. You know, how can you tell right. what the what the weight load is on this? How can you tell? And he finally tells them, you know, what it is that actually makes them determine how much the. Uh, the load actually is so i mean like i said they i don't think they truly knew now i think they knew it was going to be heavy but they just didn't know exactly how heavy it was going to be and uh like i said it was just really really well done there are some things i'm not really sure about i'll go ahead and uh put that out Senta, i don't know what happens to her (laughs) that's probably yeah yeah i like i said i don't know if they're going to address that at all because she's left there kind of guarding everybody 
and we don't hear from her again <laughs> after that. So yeah, but but with her skin color, she can she can blend in with the yeah. Donnies. She could blend in with with she, with the natives. Yeah, yeah. She, could, she could definitely do yeah. that. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they. That's the reason right. she gets left there. But like I said, it would be nice to know what how, what happened to her if there. Was, I, I I think we're gonna see her again because she was especially my second watch. She was a stone cold yeah, she was. killer. Yeah, which I didn't like, see that. I didn't see that in the well, first two episodes over there. I, well, you know, uh, Skeen said she's the toughest person here. He yeah, said he that did. from mm-hmm. the get go. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, Val was kind of wavering a little bit. She was like, "Hey, you know, you need to make a choice." Like she like screamed at her. Mm-hmm. Like when when they were asking, her, "Are we doing this? Are we doing this?" Right. And then like when when they're when it's tense, she immediately comes in and starts <laughs> mowing people down. Right. Exactly. And then also just how at ease she was when her and and val do that incredible tom cruise like dive yeah dive yeah that was uh, nice yeah and like she was just so comfortable you're like all right she's she's done something like this before mm-hmm. and there, i mean there was just several things where i was like she knows what she's doing yeah, she, she is she was she was made for this i want her on my heist team i want sit to cast right. if i'm doing a heist. she's one of the people i want on there because like i said stone cold killer she is not not afraid, and I wouldn't be shocked that the next time we we see her, that she doesn't have several of the Donnies with her, uh, you know, ready to join the Rebel Alliance. True, and that may that very well may be the case. It would surprise me if all that yeah. if that if it goes down that road. Uh, another thing, did they did does Gorn make it out of this thing? I honestly don't remember, and I couldn't tell either time so that, that I watched was, it. Gorn and Tamron have. I would assume. I know Tamron dies because he's pretty much Gorn lifeless gets, there. Yeah, yeah. Gorn gets shot too. He looks like he's dead, but their their deaths. That was the only thing I was going to mention. They were very uneventful. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like uh, Tamron gets killed when Skeen is trying to uh, block for him right. or cover him, and then he still gets hit. Right. And then Gorn, like, I can't remember who hit him. Yeah, I don't remember either. That's why, and like I said, I, I watched it again this afternoon. I didn't quite finish the second second run yeah. through, so I didn't I, I didn't see his death the second time. He's still, but it's they're so uneventful. They're just like right. you see him get shot and he goes down and they leave him. So I hope he's dead because if not, it's going to be a bad time for him. Yeah, I mean, what, what, that's kind of one of the things that kind of plays into this is, you know, they are uneventful and they understand. They un- everyone understood going to this that there was a really decent possibility that they were going to die. And yeah, yeah. You, the people, everyone in that was involved knew we can't go back for them. We can't, if somebody dies, right. we, we have to leave them. We can't, we can't yeah. go back to try to save them. If, they, if they're dead, that's just part of it because it's, the mission is too great. It's too important. And if the, anything gets tracked back to Luther, anything gets tracked back to Mon Mothma, then that's becomes, then the rebellion is shot at that point. Um, so, like I said, they all understood this, and that's the reason why I think they make this kind of uneventful death is because they understand. You know, it's like we we just gotta go. We can't. We can't. We can't wait for them. And it's yeah. really interesting that all the men, except for Cassian in this thing, they're the ones who die. And like they'll and uh, Cassian, yeah, that's true. Val, and Senta. I'm assuming Senta lives, obviously. Yeah, but they're the only well, ones that live. When when I first watched this, the first my first thought was, "Oh God, I can't li- I can't wait to listen to the Midnight Boys talk about they killed the two black guys first. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> you know? and, and they did they did not they lived up to the hype yes, of yeah. talking about that. I was like, I knew exactly. Van was going to have something. To, Van Lathan was going to have something to say. 
but uh yeah but but you're right though because it looked like uh the other guys were going to get away especially skiing and then no nope, yeah not uh, skiing. it was it was all it was only the women but Val was was very lucky because she was uh, she was so nervous the whole, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, uh, and that, that and, was, oh, was a really I didn't really see that coming just because I mean she's the leader yeah. of these people she's the one you would think who would be the most committed to this thing and it it, it they re, it relied this whole plan relies on her getting this thing started with that jump that she and sent to have to make and, and right. you can tell she's not sure that she wants to do this but she eventually does go through with it and, she, and she's nervous the whole time you're right. My guess, her and Nimic are probably the only ones who haven't been in some kind of fight like this. Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think the others, you know. I mean, Skeen may have not been in this exact thing, but I'm sure he's done something. Tamron was a, was a former stormtrooper. Also, here's another Star Wars trope. The stormtroopers are terrible soldiers, except when they leave and join the Rebel Alliance, right, and exactly. they end up being okay. Like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, we're we're seeing something here. Uh, we, we love an underwater uh, mission in Star Wars. Yes, like, did mm. Obi Wan have one too? Yeah, Obi Wan had one. Yeah. Yeah. It was Episode Four, I think, is where it, where it had yeah, it. I think the Mandalorian may have had one, but like I was like, I feel like we keep seeing these underwater missions yeah, on the, all these Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I thought that I thought that was uh, very interesting. But yeah, like Val, man, she did not look. She looked was not prepared. That, that's why. I, I really hope we find out what her relationship uh, to, uh, to Luthen. Uh, Luthen. Yeah, Luthen, Luthen's. Because uh, I'm, I'm just very interested. Because there's no way we're not seeing these two characters again. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that as well. I, uh, I, like I said, I, I don't really... That's one of the things about this, this this show is, you know, the first three episodes, you know, there's clear where is this going from episode one to episode two, episode two to episode three. You can see where it's going, but you really didn't know where episode three to episode four was going to go until we actually got to it. Say now from episode yeah. four to five, we knew we kind of could see what was happening. Five yeah. to six, we could kind of see what was happening, but we don't really have any clue where six to seven is going. Obviously, I feel like at some point, Cyril Karn is going to get back involved. I feel like Dedra the the yeah. imperial security because obviously when the one the one thing that was pretty clear is this rattles the imperial security people the imperial security bureau they are uh, completely rattled by this the guy who's leading them is like don't expect to go home don't expect to have any time off yeah. we are here till yeah. we get this thing figured out and you know what's so great could, is could uh, we meet uncle meet uncle harlow could that would be, be nice coming in on yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, but yeah. it's but something's going to happen that that Karn is going to get yeah. get hooked up with Dedra, and somehow or another, I, yeah. I feel like that's that's where we're going to start to see develop in episode seven, which will eventually lead into something in either episode nine or episode twelve, one of the one of the two. Right, um, right. But yeah, I, like I, I agree with you. Go ahead. I was going to mention one more thing about the heist, and especially this whole. The fight scenes and the stunts were incredible. Yeah, that were. fight scene that Andor has, where the guy's choking him out, mm-hmm. man, that was it. Was like kind of reminded me of uh, Jeff Bridges' fight in The Old Man. Oh yeah, not, yeah, you're not right. As, mm-hmm. not, not, not as good because that one was just like one of the craziest <laughs> fights I've ever seen. <laughs> True. But that, that was it was really really good. Yeah, especially you know that Nimic comes through, and then like I mentioned, man, just the stunts in general. You know them diving. Uh, you know, off that, off the cliff, and then, and then the water, and then just, just everything looked great, man. For you know, we've been bad mouthing visual effects, especially for Disney, more Marvel, right, for a long time. But you know, uh, Obi Wan had some horrible ones, and, yeah, so, and so did uh, <laughs> Boba Fett. Oh, uh, especially, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was talking to my brother in law the other day. I was talking about that, uh, 
that young guy who did the Michael Jackson move with the gun. And oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I, was, I was talking about the other day. I, I forgot like, all about that. <laughs> still the worst scene I've ever seen. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, you know, you've, you've heard so many people beat up on the visual effects, and these visual effects people are supposed to be, you know, so worn out because of all of the, right. the, the stuff that's coming out and, all, you know, so much in the, in the pipe. But, man, they killed it on this one. This yes, is, it did. I mean, seriously, can you remember anything better? No, of late. Uh, uh, there's another. There's a show that I, there's another podcast I listen to that covers. They, it's called Thirty Questions, and they do all these Star Wars. They do a lot of different shows. Uh, yeah. But and they they do Andor. They did. Uh, they do a lot of Marvel stuff. They do a lot of, a lot of different ones. And one of the questions I write in and wrote in for them was. You know, is the eye celestial eye event thing? Is this like the most gorgeous thing we've seen in a Star Wars before? I, I, I don't I honestly can't think of anything else that was any right. more breathtaking to to behold than that. I yeah. mean, it yeah. was just truly, like I said, it was just remarkable. So, what's great about what's what's even better about the way that they did that? Is like the first time you see whatever it is that's shooting through the sky, you see one little thing go through. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you see another one yeah. go through. Oh, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of picking up. And then when it starts, it's like, oh, wow. Because they're kind of they're like, man. they're just kind of like easing you into it. And like, okay, you think, right. all right, this is going to be just, it's just going to be kind of a distraction. Because when you first see the first couple little shots go through, but when they fully unveil the entire thing, it's just absolutely breathtaking. Like I said, it's hard to describe in a podcast. Hopefully, obviously, I would imagine you've seen it if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. But like I said, I just was not anticipating the eye to be as, as visually yeah. captivating as it was, because like I said, I, I came out of that thinking, I don't want to talk so much about that as I do the actual heist. Right. So, you I, know, uh, and, and to me, I didn't realize again, it was more the second one. I guess it's the first time I'm watching. I'm just like, like what's going on. I'm like, right. But the second time you see so much of how the Donnies are taken in. Right. The eye and just how beautiful it is. Like mm. you see them crying. Right. You see them just the anticipation. They're so excited. Like I really like that they added that part to it. I, I thought that was really great. Yeah, I thought it was great too. Um, like like I said, one of the things I liked about their role in 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 this episode is the way that they are just kind of like while all this chaos is going on, while all this. You know, just uh, the people shooting each other. People are, you know, trying to cover up the fact that they are getting ready to get robbed. You got all these get all these people that are down on the surface who are just completely captivated and completely focused on this one thing that is like the most important thing that exists to them. I mean, like there is nothing more important to them than this. I like. I, I still don't quite understand, you know, just what the eye is to them, but they they do make it very clear that this is like the most important thing that exists. Like whenever it happens, they, they feel like they have yeah. to be there. So like I said, just, just the juxtaposition of, of what they're going through, what they're seeing, what they're viewing versus what is going on inside the base. Like I said, I don't, I don't know what, what about that, that worked yeah. so well for me, but it just really did. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I love, uh, this was a prior scene where, uh, the leader is just bad mouth. Yes. that and Gord's like he said they are happy to be here or just <laughs> yeah, like, we, we hope you enjoy the eye or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and the guy yeah, gives yeah, him a side yeah. eye like you wouldn't yeah, believe yeah, like, <laughs> hey that's not what I said and then uh, there's two things we gotta talk about before we do awards uh, the smile and happiness in Luthen's face when he finds out yes. it went all, they were able to pull it off that was like 
Oh man, I lo- I love I love that so much. And yes. then also, how have we not brought up Doctor Quad Paul? Oh yeah, that, yeah, the doctor. He was like, uh, well, that was his actual name, Quad Paul. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's like it's so completely on the nose. Uh, like I said, when I was watching him, I was like, well, I, you know, it makes sense if you're going to have four hands to be a doctor because you could use all four of the hands yeah. of those. I mean, if you're going to have four arms and four hands, you want to have a job that requires you to use your hands. You want to have a hands-on yeah. kind of job. I mean, it kind of makes you're, you're just wasting yeah. two arms if you don't. So, uh, right. like I said, he was he was great. And like when Andor actually comes in after he is unsuccessful in saving Nimic, which let me talk about Nimic real quick. Yeah, because we haven't talked about him enough, and I think we need to talk about I him agree. more. Uh, Nimic, I think, is going to be Loki, the most important person in this three episode arc, mm-hmm. because I feel like what's going to happen in these next three episodes. This is going to be the next three episodes are going to be the episodes that truly convince Andor to get involved in the cause this is like, he's going to be on the fence. Some he's got uh, Nimick's manifesto because Nimick was insistent upon him getting that when, when he passed away. So he's given, so Val has given uh, Cassian the manifesto. And like I said, I think it just all these things that he's been talking to Cassian throughout the, all three of these episodes, all these little conversations that the two of them have been having, those are going to start to pay off. He's going to start reading that or something along those lines. And he's going to be kind of wavering back and forth, back and forth. I don't know if Luthen's going to track him down to try to convince him to stay on or yeah. whatever it is, but it's going to be the words of Nimic. It's going to be his actions that eventually lead Cassian to fully join this cause. Because, I, like I said, that's, right. that's the reason why I think he is low-key the most most important character from this three-episode arc is because it's going to be him that's going to be the ultimate person who has determines whether or not Cassian actually gets joins this thing full throttle. And you know, I feel bad yeah. because he went out rough with those with those cr- did, I mean man. like when, that, when, that when looked it did because like when those things like crush him, like I went, oh I mean I like yeah, literally I thought he was up. dead, right? I, I did thought too. he was really dead. Yeah, and I was gonna mention I love the very first scene where Nimic and Cassian are talking and uh, we may, we may be going over part of what they say later on, but uh, I just thought, man, it was it was so intense. And then was was Cassian trying to tell us something when he said, "Let me find the actual quote." It's not it wasn't my quote, and I, I apologize for your, your quote. He says something like, "You will be able to sleep when the heist yeah, is over." That, I, I, I was I, like. I was I, like, "What are you? Are you trying to tell him this kid? You will sleep when it's done." Yeah. Are you trying to tell him you're going to die, kid? Yeah, that didn't register with me the the first time I watched it. This afternoon when I watched it again, I'm going to hurt. Like, yeah, I guess he is technically going to sleep. So uh, it's, yeah. that's what it felt like. <laughs> so yeah, I think Cassie was saying, "Yeah, you're not making it out of here. There's right. no way." And he seemed pretty obvious that he was. I mean, if there was anybody yeah. who did not seem built for like the actual no. act of rebellion it it felt like nimic he felt like he was more the 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 political type person that should be involved right. he's just but they're not there yet they're not at that point yeah. of the rebellion so yeah. if he wants to be part of it this is how he has to be a part of it and he like I said it never really felt like he was cut out for it but yeah. his contribution may end up having the largest impact just because of the fact that it, it may end up being the, the key that unlocks Cassian once all is said and done. Right. So. And, and I love uh, Diego Luna's uh, expression when he says, uh, you know, something to the effect, do you write, you know, the night before when you're nervous? And he's like, what do I write? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I also liked about in this, in the third episode, because 
Nemec is just is just fascinated by by Cassian yeah. the moment that he sees him, and he's mm-hmm. he feels like like Cassian is completely bought in. And you can kind of see some disappointment when they're having that conversation when he tells him you'll sleep after this. You can kind of see the disappointment in him, and there he says something about being thankful. I should we just should accept what they give and be thankful. That's what he tells Cassian, and Cassian looks at him like, "Do I look like I'm thankful?" And then that's when Nemec says, "No, you don't." And he's like, "You know, I don't. I'm glad you're here." Uh, even though he's disappointed yeah. in why he decided to show up for this thing, even though he's disappointed in the fact that he is in it just for the money, there's still something about Cassian that brings him comfort. And like I said, yeah. it's it, it, like I said, their relationship was it, it doesn't get as much it doesn't get nearly as much attention as the Arvel Skeen and Cassian Andor t- gets the, the attention because that is the more compelling. Yeah. That's the one that. You know they pay off big time with with the potential betrayal. You know him trying to take off with all all the cash, but yeah. like I said, his was the one that was just really fascinating to watch. Because like I said, when I was especially when I was watching it this afternoon, watching all three, is like you can see how he is truly getting his his claws into Cassie, even if even if he doesn't think it's working, even if he doesn't think that he's convincing Cassian at that moment, it's going to pay off down the road. Yeah, yeah, and you you made a very good point because the skiing and Cass—that's a boxing match. Yes, mm-hmm. and and Cassian landed the last punch. Right, but you know the the their uh, the the Cassian and Nimic is 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 a different relationship. And you're right; he's going to have the the longest, you know, lasting like impact of this is Nimic afterwards. Mm-hmm. You, I, I think you're a hundred percent right on that. Yeah. I, I really feel like that because like I said, I'll be interested. To see it. I think that's where they're going, the road they're going to take in here in these next few episodes is Cassian slowly becoming involved and in, more involved. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will still say, I still want to know what happened is he completely forgot about his sister. Uh, that's the one thing I, I need. It's to, gotta be one of the last episodes. I hope so. Yeah, because that if if they don't, that is a bit of a black mark on this on the on this series because he was so convinced committed to trying to find his sister at the very beginning of the show, and we haven't heard nary a word about that girl since since episode one. So, like I said, that is probably yeah. the that is the only issue I'm having with this show at this point is the fact that it started off with I need to find my sister. I'm desperate to find her. I, I, you know, it's kind of like my life's mission to find her, and now I haven't heard nary a word about her okay so justin i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna pull one of your moves that you do on me what's that and you're usually right we've got 18 more episodes well you're right (laughs) you're right that is true we we do have 18 more episodes but yeah you you had to talk me off the ledge for house of the dragon that's true about about those actresses and you were 100 percent right there was something else you had to i'm gonna do it to you we've got 18 more you're right you're right i will say this you gotta have another scene in season one yeah, you, you do. Know, uh, yeah, but but yeah, I, I think we got Tom. Yeah, I think we do too. So it's still weird, though. It is. It is a little weird. So, like I said, uh, I, I think you know, like I trust Tony Gilroy. He's good. He's yeah. too good of a story maker. He's too good yeah. of a storyteller. I really, truly trust him to you know think. Oh yeah, I do need to circle back to that at some point. So, uh, yeah. But we'll we'll say so. All right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we do weekly awards? I think we're good, man. I think we are too. One of the things interesting about this episode is. 
because it's basically just centered on around an action piece. It, there's not quite as much to talk about as there is like in the first two yeah, episodes when it's all right, the talking. Right, right. So, so, like I said, it's just like when you when you pay it off, it's there's not quite as much because it's just it's pretty it's the most straightforward of of all three that we've talked about the past two episodes, the past two weeks. Yeah. So, all right. So let's go ahead and get into this. Let me get my notes back up. Uh, all right. So here on the main attraction podcast, we have three weekly awards we do every week when we're covering a season of a show. Up first is the Tyrion Lannister, which is our M. MVP of the week. Who did you go with for your Tyrion Lannister? So I think we may end up having the same person because you kind of handed. Uh, I went with Alex Lothar as Nimic. Nimic. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, before you even went into the last impact, I just thought like he had, he had so much involvement with every part of the plot, you know, where, right. you know, skiing gets them to stop, you know, and then him mm-hmm. and Andor at the beginning. And then he saves Andor, uh, when when he looks like he's about to be killed, uh, uh, he shoots somebody else. Like he shot where I think uh, Val could get on. Skeener Val was able to get on right. because he ends up shooting. So he just brought so much. And then also, man, that first scene where he's talking about, you know, about how much he cares about this and like right. we've got to start this this has to work uh, it's just incredible acting so i'm i'm, I'm a fan of alex author okay so i actually kind of hinted at what i was going to do for this i'm not giving it to anybody because this episode relies on everyone to nail their part yeah and you there's there's no standout in, to my, in my opinion in this episode there's no one person that just stands out above the rest because they all have such important roles to play in pulling this entire episode off. Just like we said, just like it does with the heist. I mean, Cassian Andor is not the star. I mean, he's the star of the show, but he's not the star of the episode. Uh, I mean, right. everybody has such an important part to play. I, I couldn't give it to anybody. Uh, so, like I said, I'm kind of leaving this on blank. Or if you want me to, if you want to say anybody, you know, give it to all seven of the of the heist crew. Uh, I mean, yeah, so, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, there there is no standout this week, and like I said, but it, yeah. that's because you can't have a standout in the story that in the way that they're wrapping up the story. So, uh, yeah, if I, I like were that. if I were going to give it to like anybody over the course of of all three episodes, I would probably go with Nimic, just because, like I said. Yeah. His is subtle. It's really, really subtle. But I think his is going to be the one that ends up having the lasting impact on 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 Cassian Andor, which ends up having the lasting impact on the entire rebellion. Well, so, and, and let's let's we we love him. Evan Balt's backrack. Uh, oh yeah, you you can just see him being in a uh, like a military movie or something mm. like that now after after that performance. Yeah, you or can. some mm. or, uh, or another heist movie. Oh yeah, like a crime mm-hmm. movie because. Uh, he he has what you need for an action movie, and I hope we get a lot more of him. Yeah, I, I feel like we will. I think we've his, yeah. his portrayal in this and his uh, portrayal in the bear. I really truly yeah. feel like we're we're going to get a lot more of him here in the near future. So, all right, next is the Agatha all along. The best scene in this episode. What is your best scene? Your Agatha all along for this week. See, I man, I'm kind of like you with the last one. I I really ha- have a hard time. I know, I did too. I, I'm I'm gonna go with the, when the actual high starts when they go into the to the to the room with the commander. Right. Uh, I'm gonna start from there to when they escape. I went with just the once the once they've launched their ship and they've gone into the eye. Just uh, them navigating yeah. through that. That's that's the one I end up eventually going with. Uh, just because I thought you know they're truly into. I mean we're truly seeing just how how what this 
Ah, it is. I mean, it looks like this thing's exploding. I really like that. I still don't really know yeah. what it is, but you get a much more better, you get a much better view of it at that point. And like, right. and just the fact that, you know, Cassian is good of a pilot as he is. He, he can't navigate this thing. He can't navigate this eye unless, uh, unless Nimic's device is telling him what to do. Uh, like yeah. said, and that's one of the reasons why basically she artificially keeps him alive with that thing that she gives them uh right, like, I said, right. like i said just i thought that was great and look the entire thing was just fantastic i mean from start to finish but like i said if i'm going to go with anything that's what i ended up going with so all right the if you come with the king you best not miss the best line of the week what did you go with for your best line so mine was at the the very first oh we are having some technical difficulties the empire doesn't play by the rules they don't care enough to learn they don't have to you mean nothing to them hey say it one more time because i lost you there for about five seconds okay it it was andor to nimic uh where he said the empire doesn't play by the rules they don't care enough to learn they don't have to you mean nothing to them. Yeah, that was a good one. There's a lot of really good lines in this one. Yeah. Uh, and it was, once again, it became difficult. One of the one, the one I ended up going with, it actually came from Arvel Skeen. It's at the end when they're getting, you know, they're debating about whether or not to take Nimic to a doctor. And Arvel's like, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. Because she basically knows he's dead. I mean, she knows that what, yeah, yeah. what she gave him, he's not, he did, he shouldn't have survived. And what she gave him just kind of kept him alive for just a little while. Uh, but Arvel says, um, she doesn't want to jeopardize the mission. This kid, I mean, this kid is the reason that we are here. He's saying it for one reason, but it actually has a double meaning as well because he is the reason why this mission is going to have the, the lasting impact it right. has. I mean, they yeah. do get they they get the big payroll. They get this big eighty million dollar payroll. I, they obviously don't get away with all of it, but they get away with such a huge chunk of it. It's going to have a lasting impact on the empire. Plus, it's going to be a big cash boost to the rebellion as well. So, I mean, it it's it's a big it's a big deal but getting it's kind of like what it was in the first three episodes when luthan goes to the uh to whatever the moldana or whatever the name of that planet was when he goes to that planet he's looking yeah he wants to get that that part but what he really uh -huh. wants is he wants andor and that's yeah, yeah. and that's kind of the same thing with this they want the money that that helps but what they need is they need andor that's who they yeah, really need yeah. so that's one of the reasons why i think that that line even though skeen was saying it for one reason i felt like you know it kind of had a double meaning when, when he said yeah. it so all right uh we're not going to do our things that we are looking forward to yet we're going to save that for our lord well lord. we got a rating oh that's right we do have a rating uh, all right so we both had this game of thrones uh and we do have a five tier rating system so at the top of our list is a game of thrones uh then we have a lost underneath it middle of the road for us is friends uh next to fr uh, underneath friends is full house and the bottom of the barrel for us is a baywatch are you still at game of thrones i'm assuming that you are but i'll just go ahead and ask uh, you anyway <laughs> absolutely how could you not be yeah how could you not be at that yeah it, it continues to stay a game of thrones like i said this is a really great episode and this is a really great show i, I don't know yeah. how many people are watching it uh because it is such a unheard of character it's a very it's the least star wars thing that star wars has ever done yeah yes so like i, said, I don't know how many people are watching it i, I feel like it, i mean it, it's going to get its second season it's doing two seasons regardless so when I mean, we're going to get our second right. season of this even if people aren't watching it as well as disney plus might like them to but I hope that people, if, if, if you've been on the fence about this, you, you need to get on board because it is just... I think the word of mouth of this episode is going to mean a lot. 9.2 still yeah. on IMDb. Yeah, it's, it's still mean. rocking pretty hard. So Wow. 
All right. Uh, so, like I said, we're not going to do our things that we're looking forward to. Uh, we're going to save those for uh, our episode when we do the Rings of Power. Real quick, uh, you had something you want to talk about, so I'll let you introduce yes. and let you start. What the heck is going on with Blade? <laughs> How is this not a slam dunk? Like, you have a beloved character... You have a Oscar-winning actor, probably the most decorated actor in the MCU, uh, and we can't get a good script. We can't get a director, and but, now we have to we have to push back. Yeah, Marshall Ali is not a young man. We, I, we we should be getting three or four movies of this. What are we doing? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Obviously, there are some issues with the script, and. I, I never ever get concerned about a pushback. I I don't because. To me, they're if, if they're having to push it back, if they're having to re, if they're having to bring in a, like once I heard that they were having to bring in a new director, I'm glad they're pushing it back because if you have to bring yeah, in a new director, right? You, look, here's let me let me remind people of, of uh, like if you don't understand like the whole well, how much on part of the director has and you know you can't just plug him in all of a sudden. Go back and watch the third X Men movie, the one that uh, X Men Last Man or Last Stand or I think it was the Last Stand. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That is a crappy movie, and they had to plug yeah. in a director like two weeks before the, the filming started. And a well, lot Do- of Doctor Strange was the same way. Yeah, it was. Doctor Strange was very much similar. They had to plug in. That one was more successful. That was a that was a much yeah. better movie. But I'll, anybody who saw the original Doctor Strange will also tell you that they thought that that probably could have been a better movie. Uh, and right. same thing with really with. Um, with the second one too. I mean, they had yeah, Sam yeah. Raimi was replaced the original director. I mean, I, I met Sam. I met Sam Raimi. Oh, you're talking about that one? Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was a good movie, but it felt like it could have been better. I mean, there it felt like there was a much better movie that could have been made. Like I said, it did well in theaters. It did well in reviews. But there was always there's there was this kind of this feeling that it could have been a little bit better than it actually was. Like I said, it wasn't a bad movie. Uh, you and I we reviewed it. We both talked yeah, about how much yeah, we enjoyed yeah. it. But we did feel like it was, there was a better movie to be made there. Right. Um, and then, you know, so like I said, when I see that they are changing directors, I, I do kind of, I'm kind of glad that they push things back. It is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. It is right. completely frustrating because this is a movie. This is one of the more anticipated movies that they've had that they're going to yeah. get ready to make. And I think they feel the pressure yeah. because this is the only, uh, ever since the MCU started, they haven't gone back and gotten of and they haven't done a film that was already made that that a character already had made about them they've all been brand mm-hmm. new well i mean yeah there was like some captain america movies uh but they were terrible yeah, uh I but like I said, yeah i wouldn't count those. the whole movies were bad uh so like i said this is the one where there is a beloved version of yeah. these movies that exists prior to the mcu so th- they want to get this one right and I think they feel the pressure. Again. They feel that pressure. And like I said, you're trying to get that pressure. Maybe that's the reason why the script ends up being the script wasn't that yeah. great. So well, and we we also know the last few things they've put out have not been as beloved. Yeah, and well, I think I would say I would say the last ten things they've you know. Yeah, and I think Kevin Feige. I think he's you know he was playing yeah. with house money for so long, and they All put right. out like I think it was inevitable with Phase Four that they were going to have some pushback because they were introducing it's it's, it's like i've always said it's, it's become very clear to me that phase four is basically phase one all over again we're yeah, yeah. introducing new characters they got a few characters that are established but they've got to create completely new storylines and new arcs for them 
And it's a difficult thing to start from. Uh, it's a difficult thing to start from scratch with all these characters because you don't know, like, uh, look, uh, I love Shang-Chi. Uh, it's great. And most people love Shang-Chi. But still, yeah. you don't know what that character is going to be like. You don't know how the actor, right. you, you've got to figure all this stuff out. Uh, and that's it's going to be the case. I mean, with with Blade, and you really have to make sure you get that one right. Because if that one's well, bad. Yeah, yeah, that would be bad. Because this one seems like the biggest slam dunk. Yeah. I mean, with, with with the character and with the actor, he looks like Blade. Yeah, he does. He looks like, he looks like Blade. He absolutely does. And the other issue, I think, this is going to be the biggest departure from what they've done in the MCU. Putting a vampire into the MCU is completely different than anything that they've done. I mean, the closest thing they've had is Doctor Strange and, uh, and Wanda. So, like I said... They've got to. This is probably Blade is probably the one they probably need to put maybe make as least attached to the rest of the MCU as much yeah. as they can because right. I don't know that that character fits just really well into everything else they've done. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like I said, yeah. uh, I, I trust Kevin Feige. He's he hasn't really had made too many mistakes up until this point. So uh, I, I feel I feel like he'll figure it out. But there's like yeah. it, it is annoying. It is frustrating. Uh, don't yeah. get me wrong. Because when I started that, it was being pushback i was frustrated as well i was like crap well, I, when they announced that movie i wanted it the next day because yeah. i was like oh, this is a no-brainer yeah because when you get that actor paired up with that role it, it's yeah, it, it's yeah. you you want it and they have waited it's taking them because they announced that in 2019 uh, <laughs> yeah i know i thought we were going to get it soon but yeah. yeah, so it's going to be basically five years later because it's been pushed back. Right. It was pushed back to 2024. It was originally supposed to come out in September, no, November of next year, right? November of... I think, I think that's right. Yeah, so they pushed it. They basically pushed it back to the same date that uh, Deadpool 3 is was getting. Because right. they, they just announced Deadpool 3 was coming out September 6th of 2024. It gets pushed back to November. Uh, and everything else is kind of getting pushed back as well. Uh, the basically from that point on so like everything prior to blade is still in its spot but everything that follows blade is getting pushed around the only thing that didn't really get pushed around was kang the the kang dynasty the kang dynasty is still in its original launch date yeah. but everything else has been pushed back so like I said, it's frustrating uh i completely get that but yeah. i'd rather them push it back and give us a good film than go right. ahead and rush through it and yeah. have a, have a bad film Okay, speaking of the Kang Dynasty, real quick, did you see like Jonathan Majors was on like the the cover of like Fitness Magazine or something? I've not seen that. No. For getting getting prep for this movie. Good lord, he is humongous. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what, he, he's a pretty big dude anyway. Yeah, he is. He is jacked. And that's kind of what you have to do with the, all these films. I mean, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you look at what Chris Pratt did. I mean, go look at what oh, Chris yeah. Pratt did in the. The season prior to when, uh, I don't remember, I guess it was probably like season five of Parks and Recreation. He's kind of this, he's this overweight, chubby, you know, goofy guy. Then he comes back in, in the very next season because he had to go work out and like get get in shape with that role. He's like just buff yeah. and jacked and right. all this stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's kind of what you got. That's part of part of the role is if you're going to take it on, you better get ready to get yeah. to, to hit the gym. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off for the this episode? I think we're good. Just want to tell everybody we appreciate you joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.